Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. I am Sydney Olson and right now I'm sitting on my couch joined by my cat Jackson who is bathing himself. So if you hear that, I'm sorry, he is licking himself quite proficiently <laughs> and outside there's also a lawnmower so lots of noise around me. I don't know if this is picking it up or not but hopefully it's not. Today I thought I would deliver some tips on how I stay fit and healthy and these are just habits that have really really worked for me over pretty much my entire life. There are things that I noticed that I do that I wasn't thinking too much about. Um, some of them I learned over time are really, really helpful. And then others I was just like, oh, that's pretty cool that I was doing that already. When someone like kind of brings this up and they're like, this is what you should be doing. It's like, oh, that makes sense. I am already doing that. But anyway, it doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you're a seasoned athlete who's very, very good, these will apply to everybody. So one of the first ones is that movement obviously is a non-negotiable. It doesn't matter if it's just walking. Every single day I'm getting some type of movement in. It's basically the same thing as brushing my teeth. It's something that I'm going to be doing every single day. Whether it's working out, walking, yoga, it doesn't matter. It's just so important for me to get some type of movement in. And I really think this isn't just for physical health. Physical health, this is also for our mental and emotional health. I feel like emotions are stored in the body and working out really does release them. It feels so good. And yeah, it's just something that I have to do every single day. And I think this applies to most people. Um, one of the things I was gonna say is, this is just a general tip, is put out what you're going to wear the night before. If you guys wake up early in the morning to go work out, this is a huge tip because if you put your stuff in the corner and you're ready to put it on in the morning, you're just so much more likely to actually go and do the workout. There's been so many times where I did not want to, but because the clothes are already there, I don't have to think about putting them on. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go put these clothes on and I'll go work out now. And it's just so much easier to actually get into it. And another thing is maybe invest in some cute clothes or shoes that you love to go work out in. I really do think this makes such a huge difference for me. I don't know why, but it just feels good to look good. And it also feels good to like, I don't know, wear shoes that are comfortable. Like if you're gonna go run on the treadmill or if you're gonna go lift weights or something, find some shoes that you really, really like working out in. And I promise that it's gonna be so much easier to put them on in the morning and go. And it's the same thing with things like protein powder or hydration powders or pre-workouts. I have all of the above. <laughs> and sometimes I use a hydration powder, sometimes I use a pre-workout. The hydration powder I use is called Ultima. And then the uh, pre-workout that I use is uh, by Protea Nutrition. The one I'm currently loving is the Mango Mojito flavor. So delicious and it really does motivate me to go work out. And one thing that I love about their protein powder, or not just their protein powders, but their pre-workouts as well, is that they are very, very clean. I am not someone that can take a normal pre-workout. It will make me so jittery and so uncomfortable. So theirs is really good because it only has 100 milligrams of caffeine in it. And it has things like beetroot powder to help with our endurance and our stamina. And there's a lot of electrolytes in it. So it's just something good to put in your body and it doesn't like harm you in any way. So I really, really do like that. And I will drink that during my workout. Or if I don't want any caffeine in the morning, I will just use a hydration powder and I'll mix that with some water and I'll drink that throughout the workout. And then the protein powder that I use is also from Protea. They have a vegan protein powder, very, very clean. So, so good. They have chocolate and vanilla and it is definitely the best protein powder I've ever had. And 
you know, with vegan protein powders, it can be really, really tough because they're super chalky or just gross. And these ones are not that, and they also have a bunch of vitamins and minerals and greens powder in them. Highly, highly recommend. I will put my link to that in the show notes. This isn't even a sponsored post, by the way. Um, I do get free stuff from them, but I'm not getting paid by them. I just love them so much and have reached out to them and said, I will talk about you guys in exchange for products. I just love them so much. So anyway, if you guys want to get your hands on some of those, I will put that in the show notes. But if that's not your scene and you just want any kind of protein powder, honestly, I really do think it's a good motivator to train, like just having some kind of nice beverage while you're working out feels really good for me actually. So the next one I wanna get into is working out the way that feels best for you. There are gonna be so many different personal trainers that are gonna tell you this is the best way way to, to gain muscle and lose fat. And while that's great for someone that has specific goals, maybe has like been working out for a long time and they really wanna lose body fat and all that, yeah, that makes sense, but if you're never gonna do the workout because you hate it and you can't stand doing it, that doesn't really do you a lot of good. So even if it is like a Zumba class or it's running or it's, I don't know, like a hit class or something like that, if it is something that you enjoy doing and it moves your body, go for it. You don't need to sit here and, and do the workout that's like what science says is best for you. <laughs> you should be doing the workout that feels good for you. Now I am gonna go back on that and I am gonna say how strength training has been something that's been really, really beneficial for me and has gotten me the physique, the phys oh my God, physique <laughs> that I really, really like. So um, I, will, I will attest to that, that strength training is awesome for you. It's great for women especially because as we get older, we need more muscle, like we lose muscle so much quicker. So we really, really need muscle to help um, just prevent injuries and stuff. And I don't want to be that old lady that like falls and breaks her hip when it was so easy not to, if I just had strength trained a little bit more and like kept some muscle on. So that's, what's really, really important for me right now. But anyway, I just think that different things work for different people. And even though there's evidence-based practices that say like this or that or whatever, one thing that's interesting about me is that I was doing this strength and conditioning class when I was at my fittest and when I was at my best in parkour, I was doing the strength and conditioning class uh, four times a week and it had a lot of high intensity interval training in it. And I was told by so many people that that's not good, that's not gonna help you get better, but you know what? It made me super explosive, it made me light, it made me feel so good. And my jumps got so much more powerful that year. I was able to run a really fast mile. I was able to flip like you wouldn't believe. And I really do think that it was from that. And again, I'm in a season of life that's a little bit different right now. I still feel that I'm able to do all of those things, but Honestly, that is when I was at my best. I don't really want to be taking HIT classes right now. I'm doing my own programming with strength and conditioning and I have a lot of different goals than I had back then. But as I said, different things are gonna work for different people. So just keep that in mind. If you don't like doing certain workouts, then don't do them. If you don't like running, don't. Maybe you like boxing, maybe you like skateboarding, whatever it is, just do something that you enjoy doing. The next tip that I was gonna to get to is don't be restrictive with food. I know this sounds counterintuitive because a lot of times like, oh, you need to cut out sugar, you need to cut out this or whatever. I allow myself to actually have whatever I want. Now there are certain things that I avoid for my health, like my thyroid and all that. 
I know that gluten and dairy doesn't do my thyroid any good, but I will have it sometimes. I'm not gonna sit there and say, I can't ever have that. I will have it. I, there is a Chinese noodle place and I will go there once a month. I know, like I said, it's not great for inflammation, but I will go get it because I love it and it makes me really happy. So I will go there sometimes and I will eat it. I never ever tell myself that I can't have something. The other day I even had a croissant at my friend's house. It was a matcha croissant. It was so, so good. Now, that being said, I allow myself to eat whatever I want, but I'm very conscious about the choices that I make. So if I want a donut, I will make the donut at home. And this is something that's really, really fun. And this has helped me kind of reframe having desserts and things that we might say are quote unquote bad for you. By the way, no foods are bad for you. It's just that, you know, there, there are foods that are healthier for you is all. So with things like donuts or uh, cookies or whatever, I will make them at home. And then I know every single ingredient that I'm putting into it. I can control myself a little bit better. And honestly, I think it tastes better that way. And there's a lot of great recipes online that are gluten-free, dairy-free, and refined sugar-free. And I'm someone that doesn't love to eat normal sugar. It just never makes me feel good. So I will always um, use choices like maple syrup or even coconut sugar or something like that in, in place of that. Or if I'm looking for something completely calorie-free or sugar-free, then I will do something like monk fruit. But anyway, besides the point, I think it is really, really helpful to create your own foods. And, and that just goes for meals or anything too. I love, love, love following a bunch of different healthy recipe um, profiles on Instagram. And I'll look up on my explore page every night, like really fun recipes that I can make and I'll save them to a like to my Instagram so that way I can look them up when I'm not sure what I want to eat for dinner. And I'll find just really, really cool recipes that I'd never thought of before. <laughs> and then I'll go to the store and get the ingredients and I'll make the recipe. I'll follow along with what it says to do on Instagram. I also have like 50 cookbooks. I know it's really, really crazy. <laughs> and when I first started buying them, uh, Richard was really confused. He, he was like, why don't you just look recipes up online? And my answer to that was that I didn't really know what I'd want to make. The cookbooks just create a lot of different ideas. There were things in there that I just never even thought to make, like um, chickpea pudding. I know it sounds really bizarre, but it's very good. <laughs> and uh, there was once a beetroot salad that I probably just never would have had the idea to make, and I actually loved it from following the recipe in the cookbook. So. I think cookbooks are amazing. Like I said, you kind of have to, in order to start eating healthier options or healthier meals, it's it's like you have to start surrounding yourself with those ideas and surrounding yourself with people that do that, surrounding your Instagram with those accounts, like I said, and it's so much easier to follow along with something like that than if, I don't know, you were just following a bunch of recipes that tell you how to make really, really sugary cookies, or like, I don't know, you're just following McDonald's as a page. <laughs> anyway, um, so these are just ideas that I have, um, and I love cookbooks. I, it might be more than 50. I'm looking at them right now, and there are a lot of them. There's so many, <laughs> but I love them. So the next thing is the all or nothing mentality. So this is a really, really hard one, and I've seen so many people struggle with this. I used to struggle with this, and it's basically the mentality that if you mess up at all, like you might as well quit because you need to do it perfect. 
and the idea of perfection when we're doing these things, it just doesn't even work. There's been plenty of um, evidence that it doesn't have to be followed perfectly to get the same results. So consistency is everything when it comes to making lifestyle changes. Like one healthy meal isn't going to make you skinny, just like one unhealthy meal isn't going to make you fat. So it's what you do over time. And I really think like the 80-20 rule is a really, really good place to follow where 80% of the time you're, you're doing your best and then 20% you allow for that flexibility. And I think this is really, really important, dropping the all or nothing mentality. Because like I said, the problem with it is that if you are perfect for a very long time, time it's only a matter of time where you're gonna burn out or you're gonna miss that workout or you're gonna eat something bad or whatever it is because that just that stuff just happens in life and you have to be able to just like act as if that didn't happen or that it's not a problem and move on rather than just giving up because you have this all or nothing mentality and if you're really struggling with this I would say even just see a therapist or like really ask yourself why you're holding on to this. Maybe a journal on it. I don't know. I think it's worth investigating. So the next tip I have is meditation. I meditate every single day. I try to do 10 minutes in the morning and then 20 minutes at night. And I know that's kind of a lot to ask. It seems really daunting for a lot of people because meditation, I think to a lot of people, sounds like sitting in silence and like trying to get rid of thoughts, but it's really not that. Um, all I'm doing in meditation is I'm sitting there and I'm focusing on my breathing and then thoughts will come up and then I'll try and remember that I'm meditating and focus on my breathing again. And it's just creating that level of focus. It's, it's, I thought it was really, really hard to do for a while and then it kind of got easier, I guess. But what I noticed is it's not even about the meditation practice. Like I'm not sitting there thinking my meditation improves. It's my outward perspective that improves. It's how I move through life normally when I'm meditating versus when I'm not. I definitely notice a difference in my mental health and my happiness and my willingness to see situations for what they are without making up a bunch of meaning about it. And when I have a good meditation practice that's consistent, I definitely notice the difference. So even if you weren't you weren't wanting to do like a full-on meditation, even just getting quiet for 10, 15 minutes a day, just sitting there and just staring off into space or closing your eyes or whatever it may be, I think it really does separate us from our thoughts and it makes us so much easier to move throughout the day and it creates more peace and a healthier lifestyle. I think we make better choices too when we're a little bit more separated from our thoughts. So that's just something I wanna throw out there. Another one I was going to say is intermittent fasting. So this is like such a touchy subject. Some people say it's so good for you. Some people say it's so bad for you. Now, my hot take on this is for women, we don't want to intermittent fast for more than 12 hours at a time is what science shows is that it can disrupt our hormones if we're doing it all of the time for more than 16 hours. Because I think a normal split for intermittent fasting would be um, 16 hours where you're not eating and then eight hours where you are. So for me personally, I like to do about 12 hours of not eating and then a 12 hour window where I am. So yeah, what was I gonna say with that? Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. I usually stop eating after like 7 p.m. and then I'll eat again at 7 a.m. And this makes it so my hormones are still intact, they're healthy, but I'm getting some time in between my last meal and the first one that I have the next day.
Okay, so this next one is coffee after food or switching to decaf. So if you drink coffee before you eat food, it spikes your cortisol quite a bit, which puts us in that fight or flight response and that can disrupt our hormones. So one of the things that I have learned to do is if I'm going to have caffeine, I make sure to have it after food, even if it's just something small. It doesn't have to be anything big. It's just that I really do feel the difference in that cortisol spike. And cortisol is spiked doing a lot of things. Cortisol is spiked doing working out in the morning, which I also do. But it's just picking and choosing where we're going to have that. And it is good to have cortisol. That is a good thing. But we just don't want to overdo it because then it can lead to things like what I have dealt with, which is thyroid issues and just estrogen dominance and, and a bunch of other issues. So if you're a woman especially, this is like a thing that we need to think a lot about. So anyway, I have also switched to decaf in general. The only caffeine that I end up getting throughout the day usually is that pre-workout that I was talking about from Pertia. Most of the time when I have a latte or something like that, it will be decaf or sometimes I'll have matcha, which has 60 milligrams of caffeine, which isn't quite as much as a normal cup of coffee. The next two are very, very simple things that we can do, and that is focusing on walking and sleep. Walking, oh my gosh, it's such an easy thing, and it doesn't have to be a long thing. I make sure to get in a 15-minute walk at least every day. That's all it has to be, and it just does something for me. <laughs> I usually try to do it either in the evening with my husband, or if he's not around, I'll do it in the afternoon, whatever. It's just, it's my nice quiet time and I can listen to a podcast or I don't have to. Sometimes when my husband and I go for a walk, we just kind of talk about our days and we talk about things and it's great. Uh, walking, it just, it's so underrated. It actually burns a lot of calories too, if you didn't know, like walking is great. <laughs> if you ever wear a Fitbit, you'll know. And then the last thing I wanted to say is focusing on good sleep. This is so overlooked often. We live in these scenarios where we're sleeping maybe only six hours a night, and I know that there's a lot of moms out there. I get it. Um, but if you are not a new mom and you don't have a screaming baby, it is really, really wise to focus on your sleep. I try to lay in bed for nine hours, so I'll try and go to bed by like 9, 9.30, and then I won't wake up until probably around 6 or 6.30 a.m., depending on what time I went to bed. So I really try and get enough sleep because it takes me a while. Like, I'll, if I'm wearing my Fitbit, it will tell me. Speaking of, I need to go buy a new Fitbit. Anyway, <laughs> besides the point, sorry, got distracted. Sleep, uh, I try to get eight hours every night. So for me, when I was wearing my Fitbit, it would tell me that I would get probably about an hour less than I would like lay in bed for. So I try and lay in bed for nine, knowing that I'll probably get around eight hours of sleep. So that is my take on how to be healthy. One more thing actually that I just realized that I didn't write down in my notes, but it's so good because it's sitting here right next to me, is my Stanley cup. Obviously we're trying to get in a certain amount of water every day and a Stanley cup or just some kind of water bottle that you really, really like will help you actually get more water in because you're like, oh, this is a cute little water bottle and you take it with you places. It's so easy to get water in when you do this. Um, for me personally, I will not drink water unless it's like something that I very much intentionally tell myself to do. So uh, recently I got a Stanley Cup for Christmas and it's making all the difference. I am drinking way more water because it's there in front of me all the time. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. These are just general tips. I'm sure I have way more and I'm forgetting a ton of things, but 
If you guys enjoyed this episode, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram at SydneyOlson1. Olson is spelt with an O-N. It's not with an E-N. I don't know why people mess that up even when they see it right in front of them, but it happens. They just think of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson, I guess, and that's just what happens. But Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening today, and I'll talk to you soon.